all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Karen Brown. It's just it's just me and Dr. Owens today, Dr. Michelle Owens. She is a specialist in maternal fetal medicine and OBGYN at UMMC, but you probably already knew that. We have our regular listeners, but if you're a new listener, we welcome you. Welcome. We thank you for being with us. Today's topic, pretty serious one. It's eating disorders and body image. Now, the two go hand in hand, but is it a physical phenomena? Is it a psychological phenomena or is it a combination of the two? We're going to find out. Give us a phone call at 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Dr. Owens. Good morning. This is a great show topic, I think. I'm excited about it. I think, um, you know, one of the reasons why um, I get excited about this particular topic, you know, we've been talking about obesity and because we talk about medical complications and other things, um, we spend a lot of time talking about obesity as a contributor to many health issues, et cetera. And, um, but I think that, you know, there are lots of other little dirty secrets, so to speak, that are out there related to medicine and some of the struggles that people have. And I think sometimes as, you know, healthcare professionals, it's very easy to tell someone, oh, you need to do X, Y, and Z or take this and you'll be better or diet and exercise. And a lot of times um, I don't think that we stop to think about some of the obstacles that people might encounter or have to deal with in order to do that. And I think um, there are also times when the information that we have may be given in a way that seems far more judgmental or that it may be related to something other than just trying to make a person um, realize that we want them to be their healthiest. Um, so when when I think of it from the vantage point of like from a, the vantage point of a, a patient um, and also just recognizing that I've seen people in my life who have struggled with eating disorders, this is one of those like dirty little secrets. And I think that one of the benefits of this show is that we have an opportunity to be able to talk about some of those little secrets and all of the things, whether it's guilt or if it's shame or if it is dissatisfaction with the or unhappiness with the frame. There are plenty of people who look in the mirror and feel like the person who looks back at them is not really a good reflection or an accurate representation of who they really are. And I think when we have an opportunity to 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 speak about those things that many people feel like they have to take into secret dark places, if we can shed light on them 
And if we can bring them out in the open and create a place where we can talk about them, then we can empower people to be able to make positive changes. And I think one of the good things about Southern Remedy is that we are a community of people. Um, and we are all over Mississippi. We're all over the Southeast and even beyond for those folks who've downloaded our app or who straight live stream us or listen to the podcast. But as a community, the things that we share with each other can actually provide strength to people to kind of motivate them to, to make positive changes in their life. And so for me, this is kind of like a movement. Um, and it all starts with being able to have those difficult conversations about about things like this, because this happens. And for that person who, you know, is obsessed and counts every calorie and freaks out because they won't even take a stick of gum because they're worried about the five calories that they'll have to burn. Or for the the woman who has a bad day and comes home and eats a whole birthday cake and then goes to the bathroom and throws it up. Um, you know, the emotional highs and lows, the things that go into that process um, and there may be someone of normal weight, right? Who absolutely. Also this is, has yeah, this is not an obesity thing. That's why I said it's kind of like flipping it because we talk about that so much. And I think people are starting to get inundated with obesity, obesity, obesity. And the other piece of that is that there may be some people who feel pressure or who have tried like quitting smoking or some other things. You're trying to do what's right. You want to lose weight. You want to do you want to look a certain way or what have you. And there are things like this that can often be unintended consequences of those efforts. Um, and there are certain behaviors that might put people at risk. And so I think because we talk so much about obesity, the obesity epidemic, I think it's good to kind of like veer off sometimes and talk about these things that, you know, don't necessarily go hand in hand with obesity, but obesity could be one of the things that could motivate people to experience some of these disorders. Um, and the truth is that in many of these instances, patients aren't obese or overweight. So, you know, you can't really look at a person and determine whether or not they have an eating disorder. And, you know, that's kind of one of those things people talk about seeing people who are large and thinking that they always overeat or seeing somebody who's thin. And one of the first things that can come out of someone's mouth is, oh, she must be anorexic. Ha ha. And anorexia is not a it's not a game. I mean, it's, it is a serious condition. It has the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. Um, and so we just want to be able to kind of shed some light on things and give people some tools to to make make good decisions. And it, there's such a social aspect of this. If you pick up any magazine that has a woman on the cover, she's a negative something in size. It's not a... <laughs> They a have negative. negative they a have like negative zero two. or triple. No. Well, I know there are zeros and double zeros and triple zeros. And, and there's a negative two and four. I think. must be like a new math because in my old math, zero <laughs> meant nothing. So I don't know how double zero, zero, triple zero. It was all kind of. Let me give the, the phone number out. one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. But getting back, there are women models who starve themselves because Absolutely. they have to be a certain size. Mm -hmm. That's not a realistic image for women. So and so here's the thing that's really that's I'm so glad you brought that up. Um because if you think about it, think about the magazine covers over the course of the past 40 years 
50 years even. They pretty much, the cover girls on those magazines look pretty much the same with very few exceptions. And usually if there is an exception, it's because there's an exceptional story that goes along with it, right? So that person's on the cover for some other reason. Um, And it's intended to shock or to, to motivate people or to stimulate conversation. But for the most part, the cover girl models and the runway models and all of those things have all kind of looked the same. But what we know over the past 50 years, if you look at women, not only in this country, but across the world, our average size doesn't look the same. So it really begs the question, why is it that the people on the cover of the magazines and the people on the runways who are selling the clothes that we are supposed to buy as consumers, those people have all looked the same and fit a specific mold. And yet the American woman today, the modern American woman looks nothing like those women on the magazines and they don't fit that same mold. And so this concept that that is, that is what we want to project, that that is perfection in some way, or that is the quote model concept. I think that's something that we really have to challenge, or at least if we're going to see that, then there has to be something in our heads that says, well, yeah, that's great that that's the model on the cover of the magazine, but that's like not the real person. The average American woman does not really look like that. And that that image doesn't really reflect who we really are. I think the, um, I read that the average size for a woman is it's a 12 or a 14 yeah it's yeah it's 12 to 14 mm-hmm. so that's quite a bit different than yeah the woman is. on the runway yeah because the women on the runway usually they're not even size they're not even Negative size two. six <laughs> they're not even a size six six is, a ch- is chunky for the runway like um so yeah and and you know the vast majority of of women in this country are not five ten five eleven um you know and so And there's nothing wrong with having a life body type. Um, But I think that, you know, we have to be really careful how we internalize the messages that we are being given. And and it's it's important not just for for women of age, but it is particularly important for the imagery that our young girls um, are being exposed to and and what they are being led to believe because childhood obesity has also increased and has continued to increase as adult obesity has. And it is amazing how much teenagers are, you know, susceptible to um, peer pressure and those external images and how that makes them feel about their body and whether or not they are, you know, acceptable or unacceptable and and these standards of beauty. So um, that's something that's also really important. And it's kind of interesting that at this vulnerable time is when we start to see a lot of the behaviors um, that kind of can lead to or that are, you know, in line with eating disorders. We need to take our first break of the show. If you want to give us a call with a question or a comment, we welcome both at one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 7464 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio.
Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. We're back on Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Michelle Owens. Our topic today is eating disorders and body image. And our phone lines have just lit up, so we're going to go straight to the phones. First to Stephanie, who's calling in from Memphis. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. I want to say I really appreciate your show. Uh, I'm glad to be able to get near get near it enough to have a signal. But the, my, I want to make a comment. The lady just mentioned about the women on the runway and how uh, the average woman doesn't look like that, yet we're supposed to be buying the clothes. But I, I don't think that's true. I think uh, that runway and how the women look is really for men, designed by men mostly, but for men. Because men still... What is sexy about a woman, what is desirable about a woman, what is beautiful about a woman really is defined by our men. And so that's just one more thing for us to try to have ownership of for ourselves. But our self-image is given to us, and that's where we need to start taking that back. Stephanie, I love you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you know what? You got a standing ovation. So our producer, okay. Jay White, is standing up, right. clapping. It's a great well, point. You know, we love our men, right? We love our men. So this isn't, we need to be careful and we don't want them to think that we're fighting against them. But to know that and we, this is just something about self-respect. Yeah, it, back. it is so true. And if you think about it, I mean, there's something to be said for that, right? Because think about I, I and I had this conversation with my husband. I said, you know, why is it that stuff for you guys is for comfort? But for mm-hmm. us, it's kind of like, OK, so underwire bras, um, high heel shoes, yeah, thong underwear. Um, like like the, sideways, but a, a little joke I heard <clears throat> corsets. Jay's still uh, clapping. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I want to. I want to hear. Uh, the only woman who, uh, when she says, "Let me slip into more, something more comfortable," the only woman who really means that is a lesbian. <laughs> okay, now you just lost us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, Stephanie, you no, have. I'm, le- I'm a lesbian. I'm not trying to say terrible things about lesbians. I'm just saying you're right, right? Like you, we don't have ownership of how we look in the world. I, well, Thank you. That, I'm, I'm going to take the rest of my comment off to you. Okay. Awesome. Thank Thanks you, so Stephanie. much for calling. That's such a good point, and I think that's that's really the thing, right? We do. We have to reclaim that and and take that back. And it's very interesting. And I am going to, once once Jay and our intern stop clapping, um, I'm going to ask them to give us a little male feedback a little bit later, um, because I also... Um had a had a discussion with a couple of of men about you know what the topic of the show was going to be and I got some pretty interesting feedback that was very shocking that as they were speaking on behalf of the entire male species and um, (laughs) and so I thought that I said oh I'm totally going to share that with our listening audience because there may be some men out there who will hear this and also echo it and I think it would be interesting to the women to hear some of the real men responses to the very same thing that Stephanie was just talking about. I want to hear from men if what they like to look at and if that's different from who they want to be with. Mm. So men, if you want to give us a call at 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. We're going to go back to the phone and Lisa's calling in from Madison. Hi, Lisa. Go ahead. Hi. 
Hi. Um, I first want to say thank you for bringing up this topic. Um, as someone who struggled with the eating disorder early on in my life, who is now a physician and now has four young daughters, this is a topic that I have thought about a lot. And I think a lot of the problem in our society is we focus on body image, the image, what we look like, um, and that you know, oh, on the runway to be small is beautiful. Oh, a song will come out big is beautiful. You know, large-chested, flat-chested. And it's, but it's all about the way you look. Um, and I think the light bulb went off for me after, you know, giving birth to four children, feeding four children, running a marathon, doing all these things. And I started connecting with the function of my body and focusing on what my body could do and how I could be healthy. And just shutting out all of this about body image is when you can really focus on the positive and move forward. And I think that's what's missing in our society right now. I think that is a wonderful point. Um, You know, and and there's. So, for example, I, you know, I'm an OBGYN. I talk about that a lot. And um, one of the things that I try to encourage women to do is to breastfeed. And I think just kind of piggybacking on what Lisa said for for me trying to encourage women, I'm like, you do realize that that's kind of what they're there for. Like, that's what they were made for. But we feel more comfortable shoving them into bikinis or, you know, (laughs) sports bras or whatever. I mean, seriously, or the the perfect who hasn't had the search for the perfect halter top? Like, you know, there are all of those things that we are more concerned about. And then when I mention OMPS, we can use them to feed our young. People are like, oh, what? Why would I do that? But it's about like those things that you can do. I am strong. Um, you know, I have X thing. And this kind of, I think, brings up what we were talking about during the break. And I told Karen, I said, you know, I said, I, I would like to know what people like about their bodies. Like, what do you like about your body? And the truth is, we know ourselves better than anyone and we have spent more time with this body than anybody else. And we're not going to focus on the good as much as we're going to focus well, on what we don't like. That's the thing. When I asked that question, you know, Karen had a quick answer. I had to sit and think about it. Now, if you had asked me, what things do you not like about it? What would you like to work on? I could give you a list because I am a work in progress. But when you talk about the things that you like, what exactly is that thing? What does that look like? What what is the thing about your body that you like? And there shouldn't just be one. There should be a bunch of stuff. And the other part yeah, I just is, had the one. I answered quickly, but it was just the one. <laughs> yeah, it took me, took me almost to the end of the break to come up with something. But, um, but we should. We should have lots of things. And if you, if you haven't thought about that, I would challenge the people in our listening audience to find three things about your body that you absolutely love or that gets you excited. And if it is that you are strong enough to have the endurance to run a marathon or if it's your arm muscles or, you know, whatever it is, if it's your quirky smile, like find those things and don't forget them. And every day when you look at yourself, I think you need to reinforce that and and continue to look for more things that you can love about your body. Lisa, I do want to ask you, how long did you struggle with, um, with an eating disorder? Um, it was probably for about 10 years. Wow. And what what do you think really kind of got you got you out of it? Um, again, I think the the biggest part was was honestly 
changed my it, it just clicked for me that again it wasn't about what I looked like it was about what my body could do and you know I was in a loving relationship I you know started running and training for half marathons and it, it suddenly became I need to eat food to nourish my body so I can accomplish these things and, and viewing food and my body as as a tool to live my life and not something that should look a certain way or, um, or be able to, you know, and and ironically, I actually lost weight when I didn't focus on food and not eating it to look a certain way, but to just focus on the health and function of my body and and being strong and, and, you know, what I was put on this earth to do. Well, Lisa, thank you for sharing your story. I think that uh, you have a great perspective on your body. And And good luck and God bless you with four girls, because I got one, (laughs) and she is driving me nuts already. (laughs) I can't imagine. Thanks again for your phone call. I want to say, again, guys, if you want to call in and... And you don't have to identify yourself because you might get into trouble. Be random man from X. your significant other. Just X say, man. I'm random man X. <laughs> and because uh, really, we'd like to know what you find attractive in a woman. But is that, you know, what you like to look at when you're looking at magazines? Do you want to look at a, a very thin woman? Is that the person you want as your partner or do looks not really play a big part with who you want as your partner? Well, I just, um, yeah, and I I think that it's it's great to kind of to hear what if if there are men who want to share like the regular the what what men really want or whatever but the truth is that the other the other side of that I think which is of most importance is you know what what do what say ye women and what you know what exactly because there might be people who are out there who are like if i see one more super thin bikini clad person on the cover of a magazine i'm just gonna poke my eyeball out um and and you know dove has this very um riveting campaign where they are focusing on women who really are embracing their bodies who are not looking like the runway models but who are real authentic women who are encouraging and inspiring who are other beautiful women. because they embrace their own body and when i tell you that radiance is evident if you ever are online and you see the campaign just this these individual stories about women who have just who don't who have just kind of been able to transcend those societal images and to to put them in a better place where they actually not only feel empowered themselves but have been able to transfer that to other women to encourage other women and i think like they are they're some of the most moving and incredible stories um and i think that that's kind of the thing that is really important as we're talking about this today is for people to talk about that stuff. And I mean, it doesn't have to be outrage at the person that's on the magazine, but recognizing that that doesn't have to dictate how you feel about yourself and that there is absolutely nothing wrong with loving the skin you're in, even if you are still a work in progress and there are things that you're working on. The fact that you might want to have a different appearance to make yourself happy, making yourself happy being the important part, you want to do that to make yourself happy or for a healthier lifestyle or to lower your risk for other medical problems or to help control medical problems perfectly fine but wanting to improve doesn't mean that you have to loathe what you are you can still love you as your imperfect self while you are a work in progress 
All right. Well said. Mikey is calling in from Mobile. Go ahead, Mikey. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, we are in between two hurricanes, uh, one devastation to Texas and one uh, coming up Florida. So, um, yeah, you know, please, uh, my comments are mitigated by that. Um, but I want to say that if you are able to garden at all, at all, because uh, it feeds you and it feeds everybody else around you better, and it's intrinsic exercise. Now, whether this is something that you can do, um, uh, instead of buying a magazine for 6 or $7, which I don't mean to, you know, discount those folks. If you need to learn, learn. But, uh, you know, you... You can learn from the library, too. Um, but even sill pots, sill, you know, things that you can sew and put on your windowsill to grow fresh herbs that will be coming up um, if your house hasn't been destroyed. Um, I know about that. Um, is, is a really great thing to do. Um, and instead of landfill um, uh, just tossing out, Double up um, uh, your kitchen tools that you don't use. Don't throw them out. Use them as gardening tools. Um, We're still going to have a future if we're lucky. Um, Put up your angry, your angry clothes. I call them angry because, um, uh, well, anybody who's ever had a weight problem knows what your angry clothes are. And use them in gardening to, and, and uh, whatever, to cl- because we're going to need them, those of us particularly who are in disaster areas, to clean uh, everything. Okay. Uh, well, Mikey, we appreciate your phone call. Absolutely. And I think uh, fresh vegetables, and, and that's the key to eating healthy. Yeah, and, I, you know, she makes a good point, and um, I meant to say that to begin with, and I totally, like, jumped into this thing, um, but... We are so um, concerned. Our hearts go out to the people, you know, in Houston who have been touched with this tragedy, um, to our friends in the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico and, um, you know, to the people who are being evacuated from Florida. And so um, we are definitely no stranger to um, natural disasters. However, every time that this happens, it's something that I think touches each of us. And I think it reminds us very much of the humanity of everyone. And um, while we are having this show and talking about, um, you know, health issues, that there are a lot of people who are just concerned about safety. And so um, we definitely uh, keep the people who are in harm's way in prayer and um, don't want to miss an opportunity to at least acknowledge that there are, while we have the, the liberty of being in a place right now that is not being um, affected by any disaster that at any point in time, um, whether it's a hurricane or a tornado or some other um, method of, of severe weather, um, that it could be any one of us. 
And so um, I, I do appreciate you for, for at least making that point and um, giving us an opportunity to, to discuss that as well. We're going to take a break. And uh, Varys, hang on the line. Linda, hang on the line. We're going to get to your phone calls when we come back. If you'd like to give us a call, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown here with Dr. Michelle Owens. Our topic today, eating disorders and body image. Our phone lines are full at the moment. And Varys, thank you for holding you are calling in from Hattiesburg, and, and you're a man. What do you want, Varys? Um, I just thought it was important to have a male. Uh, I, with my wife, I feel like it's important to let her know that she's beautiful. I feel like it's important to hear what she says when she has a complaint about her body or this and that. And it's not it's not for me to say you need to do this or you need to do that. But when she does have... A problem, maybe I can make slight suggestions, but I need to let her know she she needs to be comfortable within her body. She doesn't have to go out of her way to um, do all this extra stuff to make me happy. And I feel like it's, that's something as a as males we should do more of is to um, encourage our women to embrace their natural. You're our favorite man today, Varys, <laughs> without a doubt. And they don't have to do all the fancy clothes and the jewelry and the hair just I mean because I know my group of friends we are just impressed if you're in the jeans a t-shirt and your hair pulled back <laughs> and I just feel like it's important because a lot of times you don't know a woman body goes through so many changes whether it's from the teens till they get in their 20s when they're having children when having a child, it almost destroys your body. Almost. Preach, so, Maris. Uh, you sound like you've had one. I, I hear you. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah, and males, we have to understand that a woman's body goes through so many changes. They don't lose weight as fast as us. Even if they have a child, it takes time to get that weight off. I mean, it, it just it's up to us to empower our women, to let them know it's fine, it's okay, um, if, if that we'll be there for them. And because a lot of stuff can happen, such as depression, anorexia, stuff like that can happen, and you don't never know what someone's going through or what they'll do. So you have to just really be mindful of that. So whether it's your wife, your girlfriend, whether it's somebody you see in the gym, I feel like it's always a good thing to just give them encouraging words, staying positive, speaking to them, because you don't know what you may do to lift somebody's spirit that day, because they could just be having a bad time, and that one thing can really help them out. 
Absolutely. Thanks so much, Varys, for sharing that. And, you know, one thing that you didn't mention that I think is also important for people to know is that once women have had babies, like most women are like, oh, I'd really like to get back, lose some of my baby weight. And then what happens is those little people, they come up to you and they lay on you and they squeeze your little fat pocket. And all of a sudden you feel like, yeah, it's okay because the kid likes it. So I'll just leave it there for a little while longer. They make it all better. So that's another thing that works against it. Then you're like, oh, I can skip the treadmill today because it's so comfortable for the baby. It makes the baby comfortable. <laughs> well, Varys, thank you so much for calling. Really, you're our favorite man today. You get right. the honor. Gold star for you. <laughs> Back to the phones. Linda's calling in from Port Gibson. Hi, Linda. Linda, are you there? All right, we're going to move on then and talk to Tom. Tom's calling in from South Haven. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, how y'all doing today? I'm doing great, Tom. What's your question or comment? Uh, I wanted to comment on uh, what you were saying earlier about you know what men like to look at and then what uh, you know what kind of women men like to be with. Basically, what you were saying. Uh, yeah, about sure. Earlier. Go ahead. Share. We love your perspective. Uh, I think that. Uh, there's a lot of uh, misconception myself, especially with younger men, is what they really want as opposed to what they really need. I know when I was younger, you know, I was all about, you know, pretty women and, uh, you know, my, my what I needed and all that. But, uh, you know, I've been married 35 years now, and it's, it's totally different. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not that anymore. You know, my partner, my wife, is the most important person in my life. And, uh, you know, I love her. And, and it doesn't matter what she looks like or, you know, what she does. And, uh, you know, I'm going to love her no matter what. And I buy my wife ice cream. She's <laughs> every night. You know, she complains about, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting overweight. Da, da. I'm like, oh, no, you know, we're great. I'll have some ice cream, too. All right, now, Tom, you're our favorite man of the day. Right. So, so Tom buys her ice cream instead of buying her treadmill. I hear you, Tom. Yeah. That's, yeah. See, but that's 35 years, see. There's right. something something that you – and I think, you know, for a, a relationship to have that kind of longevity, and this is something that I share with, um, you know, new newlier weds, um, is that, you know, the thing that you think marriage is or the thing that you think creates longevity when you first get married versus when you look back after 20 or 30 years, if you've been together for 30, 35 years, you've been through some things um, oh, yeah. and you've weathered some storms. And I think that, you know, those things that are very fleeting that come and go, whether it's just the butterflies or, you know, if it's just about looking a certain way because 35 years later, most people don't look exactly like they looked 35 years before. And so if those are the things that you feel like are going to be the things to sustain you, or if that's the only thing that you have, then um, you probably going to be in a lot of trouble. And by going through things with people and weathering storms, I mean, that's where your love is really able to grow. And you realize that, you know, a person can still be very beautiful, more so by what they have on the inside and that outside shell thing. It's just a spe This body is really just something that's the space for our souls. Tom, when you soul. met your wife, what what attracted you to her? Well, her personality and uh you know, we, we, we like to do a lot of things together. We like to do outdoor things and, um, you know, just honestly between the two of us. Most, most but physically, was it her smile, her eyes, her figure? 
He said he liked to. Uh, she liked to go outside. She got in the deer stand with well, him. Well, no, maybe. before you, you, you before well, you got in the deer stand, there had to be something that attracted you. Well, it was absolutely, absolutely her body. You know, no doubt about that. And her smile and all that. But she was a beautiful woman, and she still is a beautiful woman. That's all right, great. all right, Tom. It. We appreciate your phone call. That's, That's great. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. I love love. Oh, love, just, love, so love, love. That's why there are songs with how many songs are written with the word love in them. James is calling in from Boonville. James, you want to talk about body size? Yes, ma'am. Can talk. you hear me? Yeah, yes, we, we can. can. Are you fine? Um, I don't know the movie Fight Club very well, but I'd like to paraphrase a movie from the a quote from the movie Fair. Fight Club? Yeah. yeah. There's, it's sad that there's a difference between what appeals to your eyes and what appeals to your touch. Mm. And if I have a chance, I'd like to explain that. Please, go right ahead. Um, what p- appeals to my eyes is a smaller woman, not skinny, but smaller, with big boobies. I don't know if I said that on air, but... No, you can't. No, you do. It's okay. No, it's, that's Sorry. acceptable. Okay. Uh, what appeals to my eyes is a smaller woman with nice assets. But <laughs> well put. My, what appeals to my touch is a bigger woman. I like touching and rubbing on a woman that's not totally seen as acceptable in society's eyes. Okay, that's, that's think, interesting. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny that you say that because that is a great intro to um, exactly what I had alluded to earlier. Um, one of the gentlemen that I spoke to about this show, who actually was is in the studio, um, said to me, well, you know, the the thing on the billboards, you know, that's not really like what guys really want or appreciate. He said, you know, you want you want something softer. Um, and it's kind of that same that that's same right. thing about, you know, like the little kid that squeezes your little mommy pooch. And then all of a sudden the mommy pooch is much more acceptable. And, and you realize that, you know, maybe sometimes that extra padding is there for a purpose. And, you know. You have to embrace that and and, no, and be okay. Love, you have to love them for who they are. Absolutely. And that little extra stuff for you to touch is extra stuff for you to care about. Extra oh. stuff for you to love. There See, we go. See, we are in a race for the favorite man award And today. that's the quote of the oh. day. I don't want, I don't want any award. <laughs> extra stuff for you to love. I don't want an award. I don't deserve an award. No, uh, but that's I'm awesome, James. Thank you so much it. for that. I, I appreciate that, yeah. and I appreciate you for sharing. We have to move on because we have callers waiting, but we really appreciate your call. Thank you, James. We are going to take our final break of the show. If you want to call in, it's now or never, 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We'll be back for our final segment of Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. talking about body image and eating disorders today, mostly body image because yes. we had so many phone calls. And you know, Diana Ross, interestingly enough, very, very good choice. Um, Diana Ross made a comment when she received an award, an, uh, an award um, in, in entertainment, and she got up and she said, you know, um, there's something to be said for women not being scantily clad and gyrating all over the stage. It was actually very scandalous when she said it. And she just stood up there and she said, you know, um, we were able to enjoy a lot of um, popularity and success without having to give in to... Because they had that, talent and... Well, and I, that, it, that, that's kind of how it was interpreted by some. But she was basically saying that even the, like she did not feel compelled to do that. She didn't have to do that. And that they were still able to have success without having to compromise and kind of fit what they felt like society was pushing them to do or that the industry was necessarily trying to I love her. I love her. She's fabulous. Now Mary's calling in from Braxton. Hi, Mary. Hello. I try to be quick with this. I almost uh, died by the time I was two years old because my body wouldn't uh, accept the food that I was being given. I'm now 84, and I'm a little dumpling, apple dumpling lady. (laughs) And I just love him this morning because he got me from there to here. Oh, well, that's great. That's a, that's a wonderful story. A I guess apple, really d- apple dumpling lady. Mm-hmm. And she appreciates uh, and that. I, I also like my eyes and my hair. It's nice, pretty silver. And uh, I, just, I, just, I just enjoy being me. Man, Mary. that's wonderful. I think that might be the key to your longevity. It helped. Mary, you're, you are a doll, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying that. You are a sweetheart. Thank you so much for calling. I love it. We got to hear from the apple dumpling lady. The apple dumpling who lady. Who loves everything about herself and enjoys being her. I love it. And now we have Linda calling in from Port Gibson. Hi, Linda. Hi. Yeah, um, I had like a body image problem uh, uh, when I was diagnosed with diabetes. I was put on this pill called Actros. Uh I ballooned up to 182 pounds. And I got to the point where I couldn't, I wouldn't even look down in the mirror. I just, I was so subconscious about it. So I just uh, went to the doctor and got on a diet. And did you lose all that weight? I lost, I went from 182 to uh, 130. Wow. How do you feel about yourself now, Linda? I feel a lot about myself. I can walk into the mirror and look at myself. Because if you, your hair is fixed and your clothes not right, you still don't look good. Oh, that's good. I mean, looking good, I think, starts on the inside. Yeah, and... uh, I, I know I probably said, you know, the diet that I used was ideal protein uh, weight loss system. Oh, awesome. It, it really helped me. 
And uh, it's been since 2011 since I used that ideal protein diet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, I was on the, di- the diet for about six months. Wow. That's great. And it's okay. good that you were able to keep the weight off. Congratulations, Linda. Unfortunately, we have to move on to get our, the rest of our callers in. Thank you so much for calling. Moving right on to Keith, who's calling from Magnolia. Hi, Keith. Hi. What's your question? Question, comment? Um, just a comment. I was I was um, noticing all these beautiful women on the front of Vogue and other magazines, and uh, I think that uh, that these uh, high fashion designers who are selling clothes should use those kinds of girls. I'm sorry, but uh, you don't want to see a fat girl or a girl with two large bosoms. You want to see someone who is uh, who is um, slim and perfect. We don't expect girls and women in real life to look that way, but if I'm looking at a high fashion magazine or women who are models, you, you want them to be as perfect as they can be. Well, let me ask you this. Are you looking at the clothes the woman is wearing or the woman? Well, the fashion designers are trying to sell clothes, and uh, that's what they're doing. If, you're, if, if the woman is out of shape and not not extremely beautiful and uh, slim, then uh, well, are they going to be looking at the woman or the clothes? I think I think these high fashion marbles should stay slim and perfect, and we know that that's not real life, but if you don't want to be slim and perfect, you shouldn't be a fashion model. Well, so, so that actually is that actually is um, is is quite funny. Um, but to me, I feel like um, in that real life is perfection, and I think that the imperfection of all of us is really where. Um, that uniqueness um, and the things that really make us special lie. And so for me, I feel like, um, you know, that's, there's a good point. And I hadn't thought about this until just now. And I'm going to be quickly, move quickly because we got somebody else on the line. But, um, you know, fashion designers are supposed to be selling clothes and they're demonstrating clothes. And so, you know, clothes don't always look good on the hanger. You got to put them on something. But the truth is that I think, if you perhaps maybe that's the secret and we've been looking at it the wrong way, perhaps if they put it on a normal or average looking woman, an average woman um, as represented, then people might not really look at the clothes. And um, maybe when they're on very thin people, that makes people more likely to look at the clothes. Who knows? I mean, maybe we've just been looking at it the opposite direct, the uh, the wrong way. Maybe it's that the beauty of the perfection of the normal that would detract away from the uniqueness of the clothes. So because the clothes are unique, they have to put it on a unique specimen in order for it to be. That's a good point. Keith, thank you for calling. Thank you for your candor. We appreciate that. And now our final caller of the hour is Philip calling from Natchez. And you're going to tell us what men want, right? Well, I've been married for 35 years, and I can tell you that my wife has had three children. So her sizes have gone up and down, but her beauty remained the same. So I think what we want, if we want a woman who's confident, we want a woman who believes that she's beautiful, and we have to encourage her to do that. I I've been a lawyer and a divorce lawyer for 43 years, and I advise my clients that if you're married, you better have a girlfriend. 
and you better take her out and you better tell her how beautiful she is. And it better be the one you're married to. It's not any cheaper, but it's a whole lot safer. <laughs> you know, you brought, you, you brought and, up a good so, point, though. You said uh, a woman who feels beautiful. So your, well, your lady I've has to feel some beautiful. very large women who, who were very attractive to the opposite sex because they were convinced they were beautiful. That's it. And it didn't make any difference what size they were. Ladies, we can own that. We know, health-wise, we have to exercise we have to watch our diet, and all that's true. But there's no perfect size. There is a perfect feeling that you're okay, you're a beautiful woman. That's what we need to encourage. I love that. Um, Philip, I think you, uh, is Philip winning the award? Phillip, I think we got to give, we gotta give all men awards today. These, uh, well, you you're know, our last caller, so you, you end up being the man of the day, our favorite man. Of this the is day. great. I mean, and it started off, Stephanie kicked us off great with just kind of like saying, hey, you know, we can reclaim that. But I love what Philip said, and it's true. That person who walks in the room and believes that they're beautiful. Um, I lived in Brazil for a, a short period of time, and that was one of the things that was really impressed upon me is, you know, you hear the notoriety of the beautiful Brazilian woman, but man, when you met them, they just embodied all of it. They were fearless and fierce, and no matter what size, they knew they were fabulous. Philip, thank you so much. We're completely out of time. And we we're going to be the same. Call. We are. We're going to end the show on that. We're going to get back to the topic of we're eating disorders. We're going to have to do eating disorders, yeah, a part two in a show. little bit. Mm-hmm. Southern Remedy for Women is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. It is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by generous support from the MPB Foundation. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. Our call screener is Jared Allman. For Dr. Michelle Owens, I'm Karen Brown. I hope you'll join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. And stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio. Bye, y'all.